All right. Welcome to episode two of Remembering Me, the Soul <laughs> Healing Podcast. You know, it's just the second episode, so I'm still getting used to it. You got to get it together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so welcome to episode two, Remembering he- peace, Me, peace. a Soul Healing Podcast. I am Candice Love. I'm Brick City Buddha, also known as Docs. Yes, and so today Her husband. We, yes, his wife. Yeah, you better. <laughs> so today we have a really beautiful topic to speak about but first we want to just speak about like how our time has been since we have posted the podcast uploaded the podcast right and how the the feedback has been right in and, that process and what led up to it before we even do that being that we kind of settled our energy before we started we won't go as long as we just did, but you know, people may be having a rough day. We've been getting a lot of feedback on how calming the first episode was. So mm-hmm. let's just take a group breath, wherever you at. My count is down from three. We're gonna breathe in fully through the nostrils, pull it all the way up to the top of the head, hold it for a few seconds, and then breathe it all the way out. Okay, eyes closed if you can. If you're driving, just do your thing in three, two, big, smooth, long breath in through the nose, pull it from feet to the top of the head. Hold it. Feel this out breath, pulling all the stress of the day to the center, ready and excited to be released. And in three, two, let it all out. <sighs> okay, we ready. All right. Hopefully that helped. Yes. Okay, so first we got to talk a little bit about the lead up to even releasing it. And keep in mind, um, this is something we've been talking about for a year and change. Yeah. People have been suggesting, asking, low-key, some people like, yo, we beg you, please make a podcast. Yeah. And I think a lot of it has to do with how saturated the podcast industry is right now. And everybody has a voice. Everybody should be able to tell their story. We don't knock anybody. But there is like a consistent theme, especially in People of Colors podcast, Black and Brown People's podcast. Our podcast is for everybody. We've been getting love from all around the world, mm-hmm. places where it's probably not a lot of us, um, but that's the intention. We're all about love at the end of the day. But specifically for our community, there's a heavy um, intention about sexual topics um, from a very third dimensional approach. Um, there's a lot of angst and dissension. Of course, we know, you know, God rest his soul, but Kevin Samuels, it's a lot of that type of energy. So people have kind of been seeing how we flex and want us to kind of balance out this industry. So it's been a year and a half in the making. We actually planned, um, we had shot our first episode a month and change ago at this point. And you know, you're doing a new podcast, which has potential to grow how it's already been growing. Most people shoot that, that's going out the next day. Right, exactly. <laughs> right? But we, yeah. are, we are very um, specific as far as when we do something, we got to be in the right frequency. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we shot the episode, we like, okay, uh, new, uh, excuse me, Christmas Eve is going to be a great day. Christmas Eve comes, she look at me, <laughs> I look at her, it's too much going on, my son here is family, nope, we're not doing it uh, Christmas Eve. Yeah. We're like, all right, New Year's, New Year's Day, everybody going to be chilling, uh, hungover, New Year's Day comes, I look at her, she look at me, nope, not yet. And then we planned on dropping it um, last Wednesday, and for whatever reason, she was going to push through. Um, I, I was hugging her, I looked at her, I'm like, we still releasing today? She's like... You know, we can. <laughs> I'm like, do you feel like releasing today? I can do it. No, 
do you feel like releasing today? No, we're not doing it. Yeah. And mind you, a podcast can be a lucrative thing. It can boost our businesses. But at the end of the day, it's about how our hearts feel and how God is leading us. Absolutely. And I say all that to say that the reason we had to wait, we realized the day before we actually released the podcast, we had a moment of intentional, impromptu, spontaneous intimacy that after we had it, and we'll get into a little bit more of that, um, we realized, well, I was led to say, you know what? She had went downstairs already. I'm like, yo, let's, let's film a, a excerpt of that so people could at least have the technique. Still not understanding that that was going to be the piece of promo we needed to really launch the podcast. Right. And, you know, the rest is history yeah. at this point. Yeah, for sure. And so, you know, anytime I personally put my energy into something, it doesn't always mean that just because I put my energy into it and I created it right then that it's meant for me to put it out right then. Um, even with my skincare line, it took me a year or two years to put my skincare line out. But when I do put out my creations, my energy has to be in alignment. Mm -hmm. And so I know that how I feel is how everything else is going to respond. All of the energy surrounding the project is going to respond. Mm. So that day where, you know, after we recorded our impromptu intimacy session, mm -hmm. and, and we're going to get into that because the intimacy session was pretty big. Right. But even before, after that happened, that next day, that Monday, I knew, you know, we were about to you know, put the podcast out. That was the plan. Right. And my goal is to always feel the way that I want the project to do. Mm. So I woke up at six. I went to the gym. I did the sauna. I put on makeup when I got home, you know, oiled up and got everything. Dressed. Yeah, my I'm husband like, oh, that's like, what we doing? Yeah. I guess I need to get dressed. And I was like, yeah, you know, it's, it's release day. And so all of that energy from the day before where you initiated our impromptu intimacy session, connecting our energies in that way. Right. And normally we always connect our energy, but we just weren't clear of what our energy was about to produce. Right. And then the next morning, me going to the gym, making sure the energy that I have to cultivate is poured into the project and how far it goes as right. far as, you know, the manifestation aspect. And we put that podcast out. <laughs> And it went viral within a few hours, yeah. a couple of hours. Right. And most people, when they're about to launch anything, you know, they got their marketing schemes. Mm -hmm. They um doing the Facebook boost and the Instagram boost. And, of course, there's nothing wrong with that. But at this point, we've been so um, trustworthy, I guess, of how God moves us. Yeah. That a lot of times it's based on intuition. Like I said to you the other day, we're not really in business even though people will look at what we do, um, our one-on-one -on -one services, retreats, events, technically this is business. Right. But business, when you break that word apart, is about busyness. And a lot of, <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of our uh, most lucrative endeavors come from stillness, from slowing down, from not doing too much, from letting go of ambition. We're not doing any of this stuff to become anything. We are already at peace with what we naturally are. Um, and a lot of times those intentions to become a great podcaster, to become a great meditation teacher, whatever it is you're trying to do, that energy will put so much pressure on you that you end up rushing. Mm -hmm. And how we not had those three or four moments where it's like, nah, not yet. We know what this could be, but we're not rushing. This is not about ambition. We would not have had that moment 
to be able to capture it, to be led the whole way. And still, the next day, I'm like, okay, so this is what we're using for the promo. You're like, yeah. Because we was going to just clip up a piece of the first episode. Um, but God had better plans. And like you mm-hmm. said, we put it up. And just that image is still echoing into the global community at this point and driving people to the podcast. So I think it's just a beautiful example of, you know, when you really let God lead, when you really let you. And if you don't believe in God, I know we got all different types of people. There's still an inner voice within you. There's still a sixth sense that's leading you to the left or to the right or repelling you from a person or telling you to go towards them. The more you purify that relationship with that inner voice, you'll always have your quote unquote marketing scheme and it will come from within you, not what somebody else did. Absolutely. And that requires you to give yourself permission to actually listen and have a relationship with your intuition. And so if you are guided by anxiety Anxiety may have you post something at a a time where your spirit is like, I didn't ask you to move. I didn't tell you to move or where God is like, I didn't tell you to do that. And so the consequences will be whatever your project is that you're putting out and not getting the type of attention that you wanted it to get because you weren't in alignment with the perfect time to post, which is when your spirit, God and your intuition tell you. Okay, now it's time. And that also means that you may have to wait. (laughs) It may mean (laughs) that, you know, the the time where you're like, yeah, I'm 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 going to mess them up with this one. (laughs) You know? (laughs) We ought to admit it. I'm going to mess them up with this one. And God, your spirit, your intuition is like next year. (laughs) Right? Five weeks from now. Mm. And you have to be so patient and diligent and trusting that your soul is guiding you exactly how it's supposed to do. If it's not resonating with your spirit, give yourself permission to listen to that. And when you do that, when you have that deep relationship with your spirit, your intuition and your higher power, it's not necessary to rely on marketing strategies. It's not necessary to rely on Instagram ads because your spirit told you you put it out right now it's gonna work what's your favorite quote well one of your most famous quotes i am the algorithm i am the algorithm yeah and you know instagram has you know i can i can get into that for a very long time (laughs) we will do a podcast over instagram and you know the the psychological makeup of why instagram works so well but when you really embody the fact that you are the algorithm, the reason Instagram works so perfectly is because it is an AI that directly reflects you. Mm-hmm. It manifests what you like and right. what you desire and what you look up. So if you just embody the notion that you are the algorithm, you won't need to rely on the marketing strategies of is everybody up by 11 a.m.? Exactly. Should I post it by 1 p.m.? Exactly. You post it when your soul tells you to post. Right. And that is the feedback that is going to be necessary to align with your purpose right and and of course no shade to anybody um everybody got their own avenue of how to do things but y'all have never seen us post a tiktok dance i mean (laughs) y'all saw the i think we've at this point had two viral videos of our own intimacy but again those were real natural spontaneous moments so all the things that the algorithm says you need to do as a couple to blow up we haven't done none of that Sometimes it's uh, days or weeks at a time where we don't feel compelled to even engage in social media. The algorithms tell you, you got to post three, four times a day to keep your audience. 
And we do things our own way. We go at our own pace, and it continues to work in the way it's supposed to work for us. Right. The last thing I say about this before we segue into our topic for today, and this is something that you helped me with a lot. Um, a lot of my new audience doesn't realize I'm also an artist. We both artists, right? At some point, we're going to make some music for y'all. We promise, <laughs> right? Um, but when she first met me, I was very much more so um, active in my music career. I'm still doing all the stuff I'm doing now, but that was still blossoming. So I would release a project, I would release a song, whatever it was, and she would encourage me more than I even thought myself to celebrate. She's like, oh, baby, I saw you put out a, a new song. What you doing for the day? And it's like, what I'm doing? I'm just putting out the song. I didn't even think to celebrate myself. So you've kind of worked that into my spirit to celebrate the small victories, even though mm-hmm. no victory is small, but we had already made plans. Once you was like, all right, let's get dressed. Um, that put me in the, the framework to say, all right, well, we're going to celebrate after that. You're like, yeah, let's do something. Yeah. And then I started doing my <laughs> due diligence. It's MLK Day. It's not much I could find, but we ended up going to the skating rink, something that we love to do. And this is before it went viral. So we didn't care. And that's the thing. Detachment from results. Yes. A lot of people do things with this idea of what it's going to do, the outcome, the desired result. At this point, we have no attachment to result. I've done events with uh, a couple of hundreds of people show up. I've done events with nobody show up. I'm not bound to either one because I understand if it's a time where I get zero people to show up to an event, that's not where my abundance is supposed to come. Right. And I'm still supposed to hold space and still plant that seed that may blossom three months down the line. But at this point, we are so disconnected from result that I plan to celebrate wasn't based on we're going to go viral in five hours. But that energy also opens you up to the algorithm of the universe. The universe is like, all right, you already in gratitude for just the action of what we compelled you to do. We're going to even open up the gateways of abundance even more. So make sure you guys are celebrating yourself no matter what the outcome, the result, or the amount of people that pay attention to what you do is. If it's important to you, celebrate it. Absolutely. Yep. I love and the main part to take away from that as well is letting go of the expectation to outcomes. Right. Because we just put it out <laughs> and we went on about our business. Right. We and went on to enjoy our day. Right. And when you have the freedom to let go of expectations to outcomes, let go of control, which is what that really means. <laughs> when you have the capacity to do that, you can explore the adventure of your creation and allow it to have its freedom to mm-hmm. do what it's supposed to do. Absolutely. So I think that's a good segue at this point yeah. to go into our topic. So, um, you know, of course, he posts a lot about our relationship and we have been able to say <laughs> for two years now and change, we never had an argument. We had our first argument, y'all. <laughs> she couldn't wait to say that. We had our first argument. And low key, I was like, dang, we official now. Yeah, man. And we've had disagreements. We've had discrepancies. And, and still, even this argument, right. my, mind you, my son was downstairs asleep. So it wasn't to the point where my son waking up and the animals is going crazy. It was still a deep level of respect. But this is probably the most that we uh, have delved into, I guess, our shadow selves in the midst of the relationship. Absolutely. Um, so we wanted to kind of talk about that and what we learned from that. Of course, we talk about um, we've talked about the moments in the past where we have had discrepancies. We keep in mind not to raise our voice and things of this nature. We still wasn't yelling, but voices did get raised. I was saying certain things and behaving in certain ways she ain't never seen that low key kind of turned on. We'll get to that. 
in a second, but we do want to <laughs> be as transparent, use our superpower as much as we can. Yeah. We're not here to preach to y'all. We're not here to talk down to y'all or tell y'all what to do. We just give you what we go through and hopefully it can inspire somebody else to possibly incorporate something into their life that can benefit them. So yeah. our first argument, you got to spark it this time. I always okay. got to spark it. But I, I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, yeah, we had our first argument and... Just to give a backstory of mm. what it was about, mm. you know, we speak from transparency, so it is what it is. My husband's son was in town for the first time. And so um, there was a lot of transition that was happening in the midst of him being here, mm -hmm. uh, specifically with his son and my German shepherd, Cleo. Right. And so Cleo is just like, oh, my gosh, who is this new precious little boy that's right. in the house? <laughs> and his son is like, hold on, you big, you big <laughs> right? You big. Don't don't run up on me like that. And Cleo's like, but wait, I'm just trying to be your right. friend. And so, you know, we had to figure out mm -hmm. uh, a balance of how to introduce them and not even a balance. We had to figure out what is the proper way to introduce them. Right. I had to call my trainer. Right. I'm on the phone with him almost in tears. I'm like, right. man, listen, I don't need you to tell me nothing over the phone. <laughs> I will pay you to come out here, okay? And so he was going to make a house visit, but he just gave us a lot of tips on mm. what we can do to integrate them right. to have a healthy relationship. And so that was a lot of energy mm -hmm. in the house because of that, because we want his son to have a healthy quality of life while he's here right. to be able to have a great time to feel free to walk around and we also don't want to keep yelling at cleo exactly. um for something that she's not doing wrong it's our space too right so we had to really find the balance but also work through a lot of the energy that was in the house which was a lot of tense energy right um so we started working our way through that but one thing about my husband is he is very attentive and he's very present with no matter who he's with. So it is there's no difference between when he's with his son or when he's having a conversation with a stranger. He is one thousand percent present, mm. whereas me. The first moment you tell me what your name is, I already forgot. <laughs> so, you know, there is a, a, yeah, you know, it's a difference. And so I've had to always hold space for the fact that he's 1000% present in those conversations. And so as his son is here transitioning, um, what did I call it? What was the name I gave it? I said it was Daddy... What did I call it? It wasn't glaze. Daddy no. trance. Daddy, Daddy trance. Daddy yeah. Trance. So there's <clears throat> so when his son is here, he's in go mode. And normally um he's not in go mode mm. like that. And so it's like wake up and, and you know, with, with a child, you are required to show up in different ways. Yeah, he's four years old. Yeah, so it's like wake up when he wakes up, go straight to cooking, go straight to school, go straight to, you know, all of these different things. And so what I know is in relationships, when children are introduced, whether it's the mother having or, you know, the wife or right. the girlfriend having a child. Either way, when children are introduced to the relationship, the dynamic of the relationship changes, Absolutely. which is just a natural thing and 
everybody's going to have to figure out a way to adapt. Right. However, as you figure out a way to adapt, it's necessary to figure out a healthy way to adapt so those changes don't produce a negative outcome on your relationship as well. Mm. All relationships still need to maintain um, its healthy health, health. Right. Right. And so what I felt was um, a lot of disconnect. Mm. We were already trying to work through the energy with him and Cleo and then... I didn't feel connected to my husband. Right. And so almost kind of felt like a, a third wheel in our house. And so I didn't really know what to do with that, um, it, that energy, because when you express something like that, the first thing somebody may say is that, oh, you're being selfish. Right. This is a child. Right. And it's like, well, yeah, it actually might be a little selfish, <laughs> but, but it's here. It's also acknowledging yeah. that I still want to maintain a healthy relationship with my husband. And so I. And what, uh, what were yeah. some of the specifics of the things that I wasn't doing that you was used to me doing that caused some of the disconnect? Yeah. So it was more so of very small things mm -hmm. like, you know, acknowledgement. Um, smacking my butt when I walk past, you know, when rubbing, body not looking, of course. Yeah, you know, rubbing my 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 arm, and and not, and so the thing is, when his son is present, he's not always around us. Right. So there's still moments where we could have intimacy, um, but those moments were not present, and I was picking up on the fact that those moments weren't present, and just the small things like you know rubbing my arm or kiss on the neck, yeah, kiss yeah. on the neck, or you know just making sure to reconnect with me so our energy is okay, as you are also 1000% present for your son. So every relationship in the house is still maintaining its health. And so what I found was it was kind of uncomfortable to be in the house. Mm -hmm. And so I would kind of just like find things to go do. I would just, you know, leave the house and um, maybe go stay out at Target mm -hmm. or World Market a little bit longer because coming in the house, I'd the only relationship that it felt like I had was the relationship with Cleo mm -hmm. and then the relationship with your son. And then our relationship was just totally, it felt disconnected to me. Do you want to chime in? To yeah. That um, first? So, and even with the last, I start from the, um, the back end and work my way towards the front of what you said, <clears throat> but the decision to like, to go out, to spend more time out, I'm thinking you're just doing your thing. Um, it also took away from some of the time that we would have been able to engage in some of those ways. But when you did bring it up, like this is throughout the course of a 24 hour period. Um, and like she said in the last episode, we feel each other's energy. It's heavy. Um, even when it's like in, in a good way, she could be halfway across the country and I could feel whatever she's feeling. Um, so throughout the course of the day, I'm, I'm asking her like, yo, you okay? You okay? And I guess she was still, I know she was still processing. She wasn't ready to tell me yet, but that kind of left me in the dark to a certain degree. And it didn't allow me to see the blind spot that she will highlight later about the quote unquote daddy trance. Um, so that coupled with me not knowing, coupled with her going out, it left less and less opportunities for me to recognize possibly for myself before she even had to tell me like, all right, 
maybe daddy trans wasn't the word I would have used for it, but maybe it would have hit me like, all right, I got to be a little bit more attentive to Candace. And part of it was, you know, this is my first time being away from my son more than a few days, moving out here at this point, like four months ago. Um, and initially my son was supposed to be moving to Atlanta at the last minute that didn't happen. It still happened in divine accordance. Everything does. But, you know, I had to make some shifts. I had to make some changes. Atlanta would have been a 10, 11-hour drive, which is way more accessible than Houston to Jersey. I'm going to make it happen. Um, but this was my first time being able to be around my son after my longest period of being without him. Like, I went through a lot of angst as a father, knowing I'm still supposed to be here. You ask me mad times, like, you sure you're still moving here? You sure this is what? I'm like, I know I'm supposed to be here. I just got to get through this brunt of this level of detachment from my son. So having done all of that, I remember the the last day, it's on my uh, Instagram page, um, me sitting in the car, taking him to school that last day before I took the flight here, um, just breaking down. I had broke down multiple times. There was a lot of energy that got moved around. So that coupled with the holidays, I haven't been able to spend Christmas with my son in two years, and my family was coming here. My family hasn't spent a holiday together in a very long time. So it is a lot of excitement for just to get my son here, get him prepared for the moment that we about to have on Christmas. Um, so it's almost like not feeling like I needed to catch up, but I'm already extremely invested into my son when I'm with him. I don't just put him in front of a TV. When it's me and my son, like I'm really sitting there with him. Um, that put me, like you said, um, in the daddy trance to the degree where I didn't even see the things I normally naturally do, I wasn't doing because I was so, all right, did he pee? Did he poop? Um, did I cook? What am I going to cook for him for the rest of the day? What school are we doing? What's going to be his activity? Where am I going to take him? Like full investment. A ch having a child is a whirlwind, especially at four years old, especially when you got a son as bright as my son, Samadhi. Shout out to Samadhi whenever you do see this when you're a grown man, right? Um, so all of that kind of set the precedent for what you was experiencing alone until you was able to bring it up that night. And by the time we got to the bedroom, I had put my son down. The whole day I felt the disconnect. Matter of fact, I think at a certain point, we was about to go somewhere and... I think I said, like, I, I feel like you feel distant. You feel distant. I and said that. You said that? Yeah, so yeah. we were about to go somewhere, and I got in the car, and I was... Yeah, um, you said, I feel distant. I yeah. said, um, I don't remember the verbiage, but it was to convey that I don't feel like we're connected. Mm -hmm. um, and so that whole time, one thing about me, if I feel it, I can't hide it. Yeah. If I feel a way <laughs> towards a person, it's going to show on my face and mm -hmm. you're going to feel it on my energy. Mm -hmm. She's going to get them big eyes. <laughs> <laughs> and it ain't nothing to talk about. It ain't nothing funny. Right. Uh, and you can make all the jokes in the world and right. I'm going I'm to look at you because <laughs> this is all I got right now. And in the process, I am in internal conflict because I don't want to be selfish. And also, I'm not asking for a lot. Right. So I'm not asking for you to take time away from your son. Right. I'm just asking for small bits of acknowledgement, a rub on my arm or, you know, just a kiss on the cheek in passing. Right. So nothing that is going to require time taken away from your son, because obviously I'm very clear on all the things that you have had to sacrifice to be here. Mm -hmm. And I've even told you many times when emotions get heavy, when you miss your son, if you ever feel like you have to move back to New Jersey mm -hmm. so you can
you can continue to have that relationship, I fully support that. Mm -hmm. And so my support in your relationship with with your son has always been 1000% present and also advocating for myself Mm -hmm. and our relationship and acknowledging what I need in those moments to also feel a part of the dynamic. Because as he's here in Houston, he was connecting with you, but he was also connecting with me Mm -hmm. for the first time as well. And so for that full degree to this degree. And so for that, and you know, our new home. So for that full relationship and the connection and the energy to come full circle he needs to be able to experience me at my best how I feel my best with my husband his dad and with him and in our environment and so if I'm not receiving you know what I would normally receive from my husband and it's affecting me it's also affecting my interaction with him and his interaction with me and so um it took me a, a while to be able to express that. And I, I can't get into the details of the rest of the story because I don't remember all the details. Well, one part, though, um, like when we was in the car about to go somewhere, of course, Madi is with us. And I had already felt like when you said that I feel distant from you, I had already felt like you felt distant from me and I didn't know what was going on yet. So when you said it to me and I always talk about, you know, I do couples therapy, I always um, talk about the spark. Um, I give a lot of my clients homework called spark plug repair. It's a meditative process, but just understanding the spark is that, you know, everything is born at a level of energy first. Um, it will transfuse into a thought, into an emotion, into a karma, karma mean an action, but everything at its seed state is pure energy. So the more distant you get, um, from your emotions, from your thoughts, from your mind to be able to witness yourself. From that place of witness is where you start to make the necessary changes you need to make. But one of the first things you got to be able to do, whether it's pleasure or pain, is to be able to notice and catch the spark. The easiest spark to, I guess, think about is sparks of attraction. If y'all with somebody, if y'all like somebody right now, you think somebody handsome or beautiful, whatever it is, there's an initial moment of maybe you smell something and you look at a person like, oh, they lit, like, you know what I'm saying? But initially, before it gets to the point of I'm attracted to this person, it's just the energy drawing you to them. That works on the other side of the spectrum. So the spark in a lot of disagreements and relationships, if that can be noticed, that will set the groundwork for the conversation. The groundwork was still being naturally set, but being that my son was here, it wasn't as open as it usually would be where we could just have a conversation when you said that in the car. So when you said that, it's like, well, I've been feeling like you've been distant from me, not knowing what's going on, but we couldn't really get into it because my son was there. And now that spark that I had already felt from her disconnect, the disconnect she felt from me that I wasn't even aware I was doing, now that spark is starting to pulsate. Now it's starting to, to turn into not necessarily explosive energy, but it got a little more gas on it. It got a little kerosene on it. I tell y'all what gave it the gas. We was in the car because now I remember. <laughs> <laughs> I was in the car and we was going to the Galleria. We couldn't find uh dang that's on the country. <laughs> we couldn't find no parking. Oh yeah. And so um It's three days before Christmas, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We couldn't find parking and I don't remember like everything, but somehow we got to us talking about 
the issue and me feeling like uh, not connected to you. And when I said it, you laughed. Mm-hmm. And so right. I'm like, <laughs> now I know he ain't just laugh when I just told him. And so the reason why that affected me so much, and it if I it felt like, um, it felt like I ain't need nobody to laugh at what I was saying in mm-hmm. a moment while I was expressing myself, regardless of what the reason and the intention was behind the laugh, even if it was an uncomfortable laugh. Mm-hmm. And so um, what it did was it it shut me down because mm-hmm. I was already feeling selfish for feeling this way and in internal conflict with myself on even if this is something that should be mentioned, how do I mention it? How do I go about bringing it up? How do I go about bringing it up without making you feel like you're you're not you're doing something right. wrong because you're not doing anything wrong. It's just something that is affecting me. And at this point a few days had gone by and that is the thing with the spark you can notice the spark and you can speak about the spark. Um, But what happens when you acknowledge the spark prematurely is you don't have all of the information to give that person. And so in the car, when I initially said how I felt, I was still in the process of processing emotion. So what I had was what I gave you, which was I feel disconnected. And I feel that you are not connecting to me. And so that was, you know, where the laugh came from. But I was still processing. So I didn't have all of the bandwidth to explain myself in a way that I'm normally capable of explaining myself. Mm -hmm. And also feeling the guilt of like, this is so selfish right now. You had already felt that? Yeah, because and so you you are very clear. I do my own emotional processing before I bring it to anybody. I have a whole world going on in my head that no one's privy to until I give them permission to be privy to that. As we all do. Right. And so when I say something, I have already gone through topic one. Through topic 100, I have already gone through the ins and outs of the conversation, how it makes me feel. Am I right? Am I wrong? Could I approach it differently? Could I approach it better? How can I say this without him putting on armor or feeling offensive? Mm -hmm. Um, Am I being selfish? There's full self-accountability. And before I mention anything about how I feel, is it even necessary for me to bring up? And so I'm going through all of those, you know, filters before I bring it up and still not having the capacity to fully process how I felt. And in the moment where I did laugh, and it's it's crazy because I've been in previous relationships where that was like the knee jerk response when there was an uncomfortable moment. Not for me, like that was probably the first time I've ever done that in a relationship. Um, But it made me. I guess hindsight 2020, even right now, have have more, I guess, empathy for people who handle uncomfortable moments like that. And it wasn't even that it was uncomfortable. And I expressed to you after you said so. And mind you, we in bumper to bumper traffic in the gallery. It's three days before Christmas. It's rush hour. We already been feeling the sparks and all that. Marty in the back. He want to go home. So it was just a lot going on. But in that moment, being that I couldn't figure out why you felt disconnected from me because I didn't have that information yet. When you said I felt distant and all the the moments, I'm like, yo, you okay? You okay? And matter of fact, I don't even think I said this when we get to the context of the actual argument. 
um, when you said, you know, I, I haven't been doing certain things, like the image of me um, rubbing your shoulders, you was in there uh, on a seat doing something, and Marty was eating his breakfast, I came and rubbed you on the shoulders. Now granted, it wasn't as much as it normally is, which of course, when you brought it up, I took accountability for. But this is what was happening in that moment of the laughter because it was more so surprise. I wasn't laughing at you. I wasn't laughing at the situation. Right. It was like how the shock naturally expressed itself. Like, hold up, what I do? Like, you, you've been kind of distant from me. Um, but, you know, of course, when you said don't laugh, like it brought back all the times where I got, I'm not going to say laughed at because I don't think that was the intent, but where laughter was how they handled the situation. It brought all that back for me, which gave me more empathy for you, which is why I sat with it for a few minutes while we in the traffic. I'm like, you know what? I'm sorry. I shouldn't have laughed. And then I went on to express myself. But again, Madi is still in the car. Mm -hmm. So, and you still needed, we both needed time to process. So at this point, day goes by, finally get Madi to sleep. We still haven't really been connected in a, you know, the beautiful space that we normally are. Oh, and, and that's another thing. I'm mm -hmm. sorry, baby. No, when, when we're having any type of, um, you know, just not being on the same page or uncomfortable moment, we are not in a rush to figure it out. No. We are not in a rush to get to the solution. No. <laughs> I'm going to say what I got to say. Facts. He's going to say what he has to say. We're going to do our <laughs> best in that moment. <laughs> and if it's not working in that moment. It is what it is. If it ain't working for the rest of the night, all that's right. completely fine. Most of the time we resolve all of our conflict in our dreams anyway. Facts. So, yeah. we yeah, That whole um, don't go to bed angry thing. If the emotion is still processing, take your ass to bed angry. <laughs> give the spark time to unfold and give you the information. Sometimes, like she just said, it comes through our dreams and we get more clarity. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we wasn't in a rush. Whole day goes by. Um, and mind you, we both exhausted. Like, we still doing stuff, setting up for the family to come. So, I come upstairs, she in the bed. Um, I'm like, you want to talk? Well, it started downstairs. Yeah, we was in the bathroom. The bathroom was like, like our our spot, like our rumble spot. You was you was in the bathroom doing something? I guess so. Yeah, I think so. I oh think. yeah, yeah, I, yeah. You're right. You're right. I came in there. I sat on the tub. I'm like, yo, you want to talk? She was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking she's gonna say, nah, not today. I'm tired. She's like, yeah. <laughs> nah, I'll be with it. <laughs> right. So as started to get into it, not like arguing into it, she just started to express herself, vice versa. I was able to acknowledge pretty much all of what she was saying. Um, I was able to see my blind spots that I did not recognize throughout the course of the day. And in that moment when she gave me the foundational information in the car, when I had the response to laugh, it didn't come with the nuances. Nuances and disagreements and relationships are extremely important. It's Absolutely. not about just the base, this is what I saw, this is what happened, this is what I feel. It's about the gray area in between. And when you talk more about the gray area and the nuances, it opens up more awareness of the person you're dealing with, of what they was feeling, of what they were seeing. So a lot of couples are so baseline on one plus one equals right. two. We have the a very masculine approach to disagreement. You got to include the, the gray area of feminine energy and all that emotion has to tell you. So as we starting to work through this, I'm like, yeah, I recognize, I understand the daddy trance um, thing. Um, and at a certain point, you even say, you know what, I'm going to choose a different terminology. When you said that, I didn't even recognize that the terminology was amping up my spark. Mm -hmm. Because even though it wasn't necessarily accusatory, that combination of words felt like I was doing something mm -hmm. wrong. 
I was unconscious until we got upstairs and we was in the midst of the argument. But initially, I'm accounting for, yes, I've been in the daddy trance. I haven't been kissing you on the neck. It's still things going through my head of me making those attempts, but of course, it wasn't as balanced as it usually is. My main thing, and this is what took it to the argument. <laughs> now, all of that, we were fine with yeah. all of that. Yep. Like, that's just acknowledgement, yep. accountability, moving forward. Mm-hmm. So this is what took the cake right and keep in mind when we say we're fine we still are in the human experience we still flesh and blood like some of y'all may look at us like we don't have these same emotions fly through us so in being fine spark is still pulsing in my chest pulsing in your chest and your belly lungs all that energy is still moving but we have mastered enough of our energy as individuals, but especially in a relationship, even when that spark is trying to explode, we know what to do to keep our voice level, Absolutely. to stay focused on the resolution as opposed to I'm upset or I'm frustrated or whatever it is. So that energy is still there, right? The thing that took it over the top was, okay, I can acknowledge and take accountability for all this. I'm bugging pretty much, right, man? You know, you, there's a lot of times in your relationship where you, you got to just admit I'm bugging. The thing I had asked for was, and part of my masculine energy, masculine energy, masculine is linear. Um, It's bottom line based. I'm very balanced with both. But a lot of times masculine energy is the part of the human experience that causes you to look forward, that causes you to detect what could possibly become a problem in the future. So me thinking I'm going above and beyond the call of duty I'm like, I right, I see your hand, I see your poker face, right? And I'm I'm with that, and I'm gonna raise you. Okay, I'm still with Marty. It's still a lot going on. If one of these daddy trance moments happens to happen again, can you just like let me know that I'm in that trance again? And this is where all help loose, and I let you close. take it from there. And so this is what. <laughs> so. The the this is the thing. In all of my relationships, one I've never had the freedom to speak up for myself. Right. So this is the first relationship where I'm exercising and openly, like he invites me to exercise using my words, mm-hmm. speaking up for myself, acknowledging whatever I feel, regardless of what type of energy that puts us both in. Right. And so it takes a lot of energy to already go through this battlefield of should I say it? Should I not say it? Am I going to cause issues? Am I going to be just starting drama? Um, Am I the issue? It takes so much energy to go in that cycle by yourself and then to say, no, if I feel it, my husband loves me. I deserve to be able to speak how I feel, especially if it's valid. Right. I've done enough work on myself to acknowledge where I'm just poking the bear and when it's necessary for me to speak my truth. And so acknowledging I've never had the capacity to speak for myself. And then I've never been in a relationship with someone who actually took initiative to be the man that I needed, wanted, and desired in a relationship. And so me asking of this was more so asking for him to take the initiative to um, continue to show up in the ways that he normally shows up. Mm. Even granted, it's going to be different. I'm not asking for a lot. Just rub my elbow when you walk past me, you know, or just, you know, tap me on the butt a little bit when you walk past me. It's nothing. Mm -hmm. 
And so what I'm really asking for <laughs> is the initiative of my husband to acknowledge me. That's really it. And so when he hit me with the, uh, you if know, if it should happen again, if it should happen again, make sure you bring it to my attention. And I was like, this is me bringing it to your attention. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> That's it. This is me bringing it to your attention. And so what I felt in that moment was I'm asking for you to initiate. And I don't want to always have to initiate. Oh, can you rub my arm? Oh, you forgot about me. Oh, you know, can you just acknowledge me? Oh, I, I acknowledge I'm present. I didn't want to have to do that. And a lot of times what happens in relationships is as women, we end up taking the initiative mm -hmm. to do everything. And we don't even give our men the opportunity to take the initiative. And we also see places and areas where they don't take the initiative and we just do it ourselves. Mm -hmm. And typically we also end up treating them in ways that we wish that they treat us. And we end up overly loving on them, overly taking the initiative. And then before you know it, you're the one that's giving all the love, all right. the affection, and you're also creating resentment right. in the process because you're not giving what you put out. And there are men that are in that position as well. And to pull us up to speed, more of the stories coming back because this happened like, I guess, three weeks ago at this point. Um, what really was the initial spark and not even of emotion, just of this coming through the pipeline to give us more awareness of ourselves. But it was the day before I started to feel the disconnect. And you remember what you said to me? Mm -mm. You said, um, and we, we chilling, we in a good energy. Like, when the last time you gave me a kiss? And so that was my thought process of we actually haven't been connected and right. so it came out in when was the last time you gave me a kiss but it also was almost like unconsciously trying to let you know right you haven't kissed me in a while and so even me trying to initiate right. um affection in that moment i was like when was the last time you gave me a kiss and you later was like babe just next time ask for a kiss right and and even in that moment when you said it, it was like yesterday we just <laughs> we were just kissing yesterday but it felt like fewer and further between because of the other energies that we talking about and the lack of presence that you're used to with me being here so when you first said it was like a smile on your face we both smiled I'm like yesterday and then of course I came and gave you a kiss in that moment but I say that to say we bring that up because that's important because had that conversation I guess blossomed from that point the thing that happens with women y'all are so noble y'all are so powerful y'all have so much emotional bandwidth um if anybody that's not familiar with the word bandwidth something's ability to process and download information so women can go into that internal emotional cave and go through all that legwork and guesswork of, should I bring this up? Should I just eat this? Um, should I keep the peace? That by the time it does start to come to the to the man's um, awareness, y'all are already down the track about 400 meters. And then we gotta like kind of hurry up and catch up because we just getting this information. I'm not saying you should have told me in that moment, but hindsight being 2020, sometimes these are the pockets where I guess how you express it, not just you in general in relationships, that when is the last time you kissed me is a deeper conversation. Um, going forward, if, if this was to ever happen again, 
her voicing it like that is going to cause me to ask questions that I didn't ask when she first said it. I just kind of, you know, we kissed yesterday and then I kissed her in a moment and that was it. That was the open door to I feel a lack of something. I feel an absence of something. And that would encourage me going forward to investigate. So bringing back up to speed in that moment when I asked for the help. Once we went upstairs and like, you know, voices did start to raise. We still didn't yell at each other, nothing like that. I didn't get to finish. Oh, my bad, my bad. You got it. So the initiation part. Yeah. Um, that was the aspect of like even with the when's the last time you kissed me? Mm-hmm. In those moments until you have processed, you can't bring it of up. Of course. Because you don't know that yeah. there is something that is necessary to be brought up. Mm-hmm. And so my aspect of why I was not with it was because it was like, this is me bringing it to your attention. Mm-hmm. This is me bringing it up. And also the aspect that I later had to get, you know, or explain was I've been taking the initiative in my relationships mm-hmm. my entire life. Nobody has ever showed up for me and took the initiative. How if I if it's brought up to me, if it's brought to my attention, I'm not about to be like, oh well, you know, you know, just in case I forget. I'm about to take the initiative and make sure that I don't forget. So the reason why I was really I I'm and this is the first time with my husband that I was um uh, like stern in the fact that I would not compromise. Mm-hmm. Normally, I will always compromise, even to a fault sometimes. Mm-hmm. I've always been the one to apologize first or get into the solution in my whole life. And so this was the first time where I was like, no, I'm I'm not willing to do that. And we really bumped heads because he couldn't understand. It was like, I'm asking you to help me help you. And I'm saying that I don't want to be a part of that process. Mm -hmm. I want to know that when you acknowledge me, it's not because I initiated and told you, hey, babe, make sure you acknowledge me. I wanted to I want to feel as if it comes directly from you because Mm -hmm. you've heard what I said. You're implementing what I said and you're remembering what I said. And now you're choosing to follow through with what I asked. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to have to be the one to initiate the conversation for you to remember again. And that was my main thing. But he couldn't really understand like that, that why. And it was like, I, I understood. We, I mean, we went back and forth. Uh, back, back, forth and forth. We went, we went back and forth. And so I think another aspect of why we went back and forth so much is the aspect of accountability and apologizing, which it took me a minute because I was like, why are we, I'm just not agreeing with what you're asking me to do in return. I don't want to do nothing in return. (laughs) I just want my husband, when, when it resonates with your spirit, acknowledge me in the way that I've asked you to acknowledge me. Mm -hmm. And then um, the aspect of you took clear accountability, but Mm -hmm. this is where we got um, tripped up. But then the aspect of I'm the type of person when someone apologizes to me and they take accountability, that's it. (laughs) 
And so I think that's necessary. It's almost like a love language, like um, apologizing for me, apologizing the right way is a love language to me. Now, if you apologize to me and now you start telling me how it affected you, how your feelings were hurt, and we're going down a rabbit hole of how you feel in this moment, it's not really about you. And so we have a healthy relationship to where it's like we can always have you know, the opportunity to express how you feel mm-hmm. and then also express how I feel. But it changes the course for me when I just need that acknowledgement that you heard what I said, that you are apologetic for whatever it is and that accountability is present mm-hmm. and that it's acknowledged long enough to where I can feel it and when we start going into how it makes you feel how it affects you and then asking well if I forget can you give me you know a heads up you in a daddy trance again Mm -hmm. that takes me out of what I need to feel with the apology Mm -hmm. it's like when someone apologizes to you just because they apologize doesn't mean that you've accepted that energy yet Mm -hmm. and sometimes when people apologize to you you need time to sit in that apology you need time to allow that apology to um to mend your heart to to medicate your heart and that may take a few minutes it may take an hour but when the conversation is rushed to another nuance of the conversation I don't even get to download the fact that you just took accountability and that you just apologized because now I got a task. I got to remind you. Right. And that's where the 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 conflicts came. And that's why nuance is so important because there there is nothing wrong with either partner um giving more details or more information. But you make a valid point. You never actually said that. Um mm-hmm. I'm just learning that about you and about relationships right now in that moment. For sure. Giving the apology room to breathe. That's something I never really thought about. And it wasn't like I was trying to rush past the apology like I kept saying. And once yeah, we you got were to just the point, trying to get into the solution. Yeah, yeah, I was trying to get into, like I kept saying, the highest level of what you're asking for. And the only reason I was even bringing up times I may forget, because I do a great job being an initiator. Um, a lot of the times, it's stuff you don't even realize you want in yourself yet that I'm feeling in my spirit to already do. Like this. Exactly, right? Um, we'll get into that in another conversation, because that's a whole podcast in itself, right? Um, but us saying uh, for so long that we didn't want a relationship um, that we could go the rest of our life being alone, not having sex, and then finding, surfacing one another, because um, we don't really do the whole manifestation thing. You become something, and then the reflection of it surfaces into your life. She was saying for the longest, both of us, that we didn't want marriage. I had to feel within myself that not only did I want that, I had to take a leap of faith to understand that her soul was asking for that in a way that she couldn't voice. So I've been very initiative, but in that moment, it was about the different dynamic of the first time living in Houston, my son being here for an extended period of time. And as parents, you already know, there can be times where you get lost in the whirlwind of taking care of your child. And like she said, I give 100%. When I'm with somebody, I got two people in the house right now, I gotta give 100% to, and I'm in the process of figuring out how to do that. So in me asking in that moment, if, like, I, I completely hear you, I understand, I take accountability, starting tomorrow, you're going to get what you're asking for. But if you may c- catch me in a daddy trance, maybe a week from now, for five minutes, and you feel like I want some of that love, too, let me know. In that moment, that's pretty much what I was feeling away about, and that's what we kind of kept bumping heads, because she's like, no, I'm not doing that. I want you to just get it. And at a certain point, 
I think I even asked, um, can you understand that I'm learning as I go how to share 100% two different ways, how much it takes to take care of Madi, which of course you acknowledge. And you was like, yeah, I can understand that. I always understand Right, that. right. So it was like in that moment, you understand that, but then you you were unwilling to give me the um, the leeway, I guess, of if he does get caught in a moment where Madi kind of consumes him, I still don't want to let you know in that moment. You just got to get it. And, that and, it, and it wasn't like a, a you just got to get it. It was even if you don't get it. And that right. was my thing. Go even ahead. if you don't get it the next few times. Right. But when you do get it, it's going to land to yeah. me and it's going to feel to me. Oh, he heard me. Right. As opposed to me having to remind you. The feeling is just different. Right. And that's why I even said, you know, I think, you know, many women may acknowledge how it's like when somebody... Is like, um, you know, wants to pursue you and take you on a date. And it's like, where you want to go? And women are like, I don't want to choose right. where I want to go. I want you to take the initiative and set the date up, plan it, and just tell me to show up. Right. And so it may not be like that all the time. But when it finally is like that, it's like, oh, okay, like, you know, you're showing up. So <laughs> it wasn't that I was holding you to the fire to get it right every single time. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to bring it to your attention. And when you had the capacity to do that, it was going to land in my heart way more than having to take the initiative to remind you which is completely noble understandable um not right or wrong like i completely uh recognize that in that moment of course hindsight being 2020 and this is why these conversations arguments disagreements they get so confusing because it's like it's no right or wrong when you really start to get to the core because i completely <laughs> understood that right word i love you so much I don't want one or two or three times of me not being able to right. recognize that because I'm consumed in Madi. I don't want you to feel left out for one right. second. So to help me accommodate that and to go to the highest level of what you're asking me for, should one second of you feeling how you felt this past day or so happen, just let me know. She's like, no. <laughs> and neither and, and neither of us was wrong in what we was requesting in that right. moment. And at, by this point, he is Bruh. he hyped. She ain't never I'm seen that side of me. I'm naked. At this point, I'm like smiling because he's standing up, you know, with his hands like, how don't you get that? I'm, I'm like, like, you playing games. I'm yeah. not doing this with you. You playing games. Like, <laughs> she ain't never heard me talk like that. I'm still not yelling, but I'm definitely hyped. He high. got up out that bed because at first, oh, so we also have this method of if the conversation could possibly get too um, uncomfortable, mm -hmm. instead of using our words, we'll write, write it. Stuff down. Yeah, we'll write it on our phones in the notes. And so we started off writing it in the notes. And I'm reading <laughs> this. I'm like, nope. <laughs> Hell no. Nope. Mm -hmm. Okay, I can understand it. But no. Mm -hmm. And so that went from. I ain't writing this. I'm about to just say how I feel. Mm -hmm. And so the thing was, at that point, I had already acknowledged neither one of us are wrong. You're right. asking me right. for something that I'm not willing to give. Right. Um, and, and that was hurting my feelings. Yeah, yeah, right. And I felt that, but I also felt like in this moment, right. I don't want to compromise. Right. In this moment, um, this is what... I want and specifically because I'm not asking for a hundred percent. You know, you are giving your son a hundred percent. I'm not asking for a hundred percent. I'm good with the one percent of 
the shoulder rub. Mm -hmm. That's acknowledgement to me. We have many times throughout our day to where we don't even say 10 to 20 words to one another Mm -hmm. because we're great with silence. But there's a difference with intentional silence and cold disconnect. So that's why just the the touch of an arm is just reminding me that we're still connected. So I'm like, I'm not really asking for a whole lot at all to where I feel as though I need to send out this reminder. Mm. So I was like, no, No. I'm not willing to do that. (laughs) He got up out that bed. Mind you, it's cold outside. It's cold, like, for real. So, he's sitting there, well, ain't, you know, it ain't going to get that cold. But it was probably, like, mm-hmm. 20, 30. I'm from Newark, so that's nothing for me. So, he got up out the bed. He was like, no, nah, I'm done. I ain't about to keep playing with you. I ain't about to play these games with you. And I, I'm over it at this right. point. I'm smiling because it's sexy to me. I'm like, I understand what he's saying. He just wants to make sure it doesn't happen again. And I'm just saying, I don't want to play a part in that. This is my part in bringing it to your attention. So I'm smiling and I'm like, this is low key kind (laughs) of sexy. So I'm not like, you know, I'm never going to agitate my husband and press his buttons, but we were just at a standstill. We kept trying to talk it out. We kept, this is why this is not an argument, honestly, in my opinion, because we kept trying to find more ways to say it in different ways. And one thing about, you know, people in relationships, they feel as though if you don't get what I'm saying, then there's something wrong with you. You're just not capable of getting it. Yeah, I'm I'm going over your head. And there was never a part in the conversation to where I felt like he didn't understand 1,000% of what I was saying. Likewise. And I didn't understand what he was saying. But we were still trying to give different angles, different perspectives, and still trying to work our way through it. He putting on his socks. He putting on his shoes. Like, I ain't about to keep playing with you. You playing games. <laughs> and I'm, I'm sitting there in the bed naked like, because mm. at this point, we're going to get through it. Of course. And tomorrow I'm going to apologize and be like, okay, I I was being kind of difficult. Right. I can remind you. I don't want to, but I can. I can remind you. But right. in the moment, I'm like, no, I, right. I don't want to compromise. But, <laughs> but think about the fact, too, like in that moment as I'm putting my stuff on, and I've heard this from clients, I think you have, too, um, where when a man or a woman has to leave a quote-unquote disagreement or argument, some partners feel like, are they coming back? Is this it? Yeah. We knew that as, uh, not volatile, but as powerful as the spark may have gotten. It never crossed my mind that this is over or this is going to turn into something. It was none of that. Yeah. It was just in this moment, you bugging out right now. You're not listening to me. I'm hurting, all this <laughs> other stuff. And even before I ended up did taking a 30 degree walk, in that moment where you saw like that side of me, I guess, um, you were able to, I guess, find different ways to say some of the same things you were saying that did diffuse me a little bit. Because remember, I had put my stuff on. You're like, where you going? Like, um, yeah. And you started to talk, and I sat on the bed. And we yeah. got through yeah. a little bit more of the cobwebs, a little bit, but it was still heightened energy in me, so I needed to take that walk. Right. And I'm, I'm walking out. My phone is on the bed. Take your phone. Like, no, I ain't taking it. Take your phone. <laughs> it's not safe. Take your phone. All right. Take my phone. And I go take me a walk. And the beautiful thing about um, being in touch with energy, understanding that everything is just a wave, pleasure or pain, everything is on its own timeline of coming and going. As soon as I hit the briskness of Houston 30 degrees, right, which felt good to me, 
um, within minutes of me taking my 30, 40 minute walk and I'm doing my breathing, I was able to literally let go of all the energy I felt in that moment because now my moment has shifted. Now my moment is the beauty of the night. Mm-hmm. of the silence of the community. Mm-hmm. God has shifted to a different form and I'm immediately able to take off all that armor. Whereas previous versions of myself, that would have stayed with me for days, for weeks, and it would have just kept recycling into my mind. Even if we was, quote unquote, working through stuff, it would have still, that spark would have still been pulsing. So by the time I got back to the house, my armor is off. I'm still processing the mental aspect of what we have just talked about, but I'm in a space where I, I'm about to lay in my bed with my wife. I'm not about to go sit on some couch and not sleep away from her. We're going to go to sleep. And we both had dreams yeah. <laughs> about each other like you had kind of referenced earlier. And when we woke up in the morning, first thing we did was look at each other, smile, start laughing, hug. Right. And then get into the last aspects of what we needed to express and just let each other know. I completely understand where you're coming from. Apologies both ways. Um, Let's work it out. Let's work it out. And we did it. The very next day I was on ever since. It wasn't even like a full conversation the next day. It was like. It was funny. It was funny. It was funny. It was, it's, so this is the thing. Um, in the midst, before you went outside, you was like, this feels deeper. Like, where is this coming from? Because, and oh, I yeah. think the reason why I felt so deep is because I was choosing not to compromise. Right. And so in that moment, when these types of situations happen, you have to be mindful of who is present in the midst of the mm. argument. When you are triggered, you're no longer 33-year-old mm. Candace. You're no longer 41-year-old Docs. Right. When you're triggered, whoever is the version of you that is triggered is who's present. Right. So he could have been having a conversation with 21-year-old Candace right. that was in the midst of her trauma when it comes to relationships. And so I had never had a man take initiative before. So now you have 31 or 21-year-old Candace that's like, no, I'm a, I'm gonna stand up for myself yeah. right now. And in the the moments that I've always given in, I've always said yes when I really wanted to say no. In this moment, I'm gonna give my per, myself permission mm. to not bend. Mm. I'm gonna give myself permission to acknowledge yes tomorrow I I may end up compromising because there's nothing wrong with saying I can help you even mm. if I don't want to. Every every fight is not meant to turn into a right. war. It's just mm. picking and choosing the battles. But in that moment, 21-year-old Candace was very much so present. And she was standing up for herself and advocating for what she needed, advocating for what she wanted, advocating with, with for what would make her feel closest to her husband. Right. And also still being so emotionally immature and intelligent and acknowledging that I'm actually not asking for much. It's just not meeting the requirement that you're asking me for in return. And so you asking that question where is this really coming from can lead a lot of people to get offended like what you mean is deeper it's not deeper it's it's just what I'm what I'm talking about it's just a situation but it's always deeper it's gonna always reflect unhealed wounds or wounds that are healed but you gotta think about it even when you have surgery and you have a wound that is fully healed 10 years down the line, it can still ache. Mm -hmm. It can still itch. There's still remnants of that wound that are still healing in areas that you aren't even conscious of 
or just the reminder that something painful happened here and the weather can change and you'll get an ache in that wound that happened 10 years ago. Mm. So in the conversation, when you're triggered, you're always still playing with old wounded right. versions of yourself. And I was glad you asked me that question so I could give you more clarity on where my behavior was coming from. And I'm a coin that as um, I'm not them syndrome. Because, of course, in the moment when you were saying that, that's what's going through my head. Well, you know I'm not them. Like, mm-hmm. this is a different situation. I do initiate you not experiencing that with me. But, and I didn't tell you this till right now, when I was taking a walk, even though that was adding fuel to the fire of me being hurt because now I'm being compared to these dudes that I've been completely different in. As I'm taking a walk, those situations that I'm not privy to, that I wasn't in your bedroom and able to witness those relationships where you were deprived in those ways, now some of that's going through my head and it's adding more empathy for the fact that that's what you was experiencing in that moment, that you've had to take the initiative in ways that I'm not them, I'm not them syndrome would make me feel like, well, that's not fair that I got to pick up the brunt of what these brothers did. But that's part of what we sign up for in these relationships. It's, it's not fair to say I'm not them as long as it's not being thrown at you in a way where it Absolutely. just cancels out all your effort. But when it's brought up as a nuance, it adds information for you to understand why. No, no, I'm not doing that. I understand you. But no, it added understanding and awareness to for me as I was taking a walk. Like, you know what? I do get that. I can right. understand why you were in that frequency to not be able to bend. Because like you said, even if you wasn't conscious in that moment, you standing up for 21 year old Candace that feels a sensation that felt similar, even though it's completely different dynamics to what she experienced then when she had to fight for herself. Yeah. So if you guys are ever in that I'm not them syndrome, take a step step back, humble yourself and investigate what's underneath that, the information that's available to you. That's going to make you more aware of who the person your partner is in real time because we shift moment to moment. And every time, last thing I'll say, every time we have a disagreement, every time we had our little fake faux argument, but still don't really uh, qualify as an argument. Every single time we feel closer to each other afterwards. Because we've learned about each other. It's not always going to be lovey-dovey, hugged-up learning. Sometimes, a lot of times, it has to go through the mode of dissension for you to get those deep-rooted pieces of information that's stuck in somebody's shadow. Absolutely. And just to touch back on the um, I'm not them syndrome. Mm -hmm. You like that? I do. I do. I think that's really uh, beautiful because it's never okay. And I didn't do this, but it's never okay to compare your partner to someone of your past. However, it is necessary to acknowledge the nuances of your past and how this situation is reflecting or reminding Mm -hmm. you of that. So that is not comparison, it's giving a deeper insight of why I'm responding in this way. And one of the things you said is uh, shape-shifting. And it's very important to acknowledge that in this moment when it's making, you know, your partner feel like, oh, you compare me to people of your past. That's not your job to take on that role or bear that cross. The first time you start to feel, oh, she comparing me to people in my past, it's time for you to step back and acknowledge you're not even talking to your wife right now. So it's not even a point in you continuing that conversation. You're talking to the 21-year-old version of your wife, Mm -hmm. and your only job is to step back, do whatever you can to, to send love 
or to just acknowledge, oh, she's actually not in a place right now to where she can hear me or that she's willing to hear me. Conversation's over because mm. you're not even speaking to the person that you have a relationship with. Mm. He didn't have a relationship with 21-year-old Candace. Right. So there was nothing that he could say that would change my mind mm. and make me compromise on something <laughs> that I didn't want to compromise on. Mm-hmm. 21-year-old Candace and 41-year-old Docs did not have a relationship. So the only thing right. that he could do in that moment was to take his walk. Because right. no 21-year-old Candace, <laughs> well, I'm about to go to sleep. <laughs> so in those moments. And she still ain't go to sleep till I got back. I did not yeah. go to sleep until he got back. <laughs> and so in those moments, it's not necessary to continue the conversation. But this is why emotional healing right. and acknowledging the trauma and the wounds of your past matters. So many people are like, why do I have to go back to the past? You got to go back to the past to figure out who's actually in control of your mm-hmm. present. Because when you in these arguments or these uncomfortable conversations, you are thinking that the version of you that you walk around in consciously is present. And it's the wounded parts of your past Mm -hmm. that are present in these conversations that are ruining your relationships because you don't have the capacity to identify who's present. And when you have the ability to identify who's present, you can express that to your partner and then they can give you what you need in return. And the next day you can have a conversation with 31 year old Candace and 41 year old Docs. And it's like, oh, that was kind of funny. Like, I can't even believe we did that. Oh, yeah, I can can remind you. It ain't nothing. And he's like, you ain't going to have to remind me. I'm like, I know I ain't going to have to remind you. (laughs) (laughs) But those those conversations, those uncomfortable moments, those uncomfortable moments are pathways to healthy relationships. Right. And that's why the work that a lot of people will talk about. Some people don't know what the work is. And again, we both have services to help people find out what the work is. But day-to-day, moment-to-moment check-ins with your emotions, sitting when you sitting with the waves of angst and you know, doing your journaling, doing your meditation, that gives you the wherewithal for in that moment, even though we got heightened, it wasn't to the point where we waking my son up because we're yelling at each other. Right. It ain't to the point where somebody's putting hands on each other and now we got ir- irreconcilable, irreversible damage done to the relationship. Right. A lot of times people break up over things that if they had emotional wherewithal and are doing that consistent work, these are small things like you just said. And the thing I'll take from it, what I learned, another phrase I'll coin right now is compartmentalized apology. I never even thought about, you know, letting an apology breathe. And it's... It, it feels like, it seems like, had I just administered the apology, genuinely, of course, took accountability, and maybe the next day bring up the nuance of, well, you know what, I've been thinking about it, it probably would have been a completely different situation because you would have felt the apology really absorb into your system. I think that's a very valid point, something I've never thought about. So I'm going to take that away uh, from this conversation for us going forward. Yeah, I think that's what I also take away for um my myself as well but also acknowledging that um you are very expressive mm-hmm. in your emotion and how you feel and mm-hmm. I always want to hold space for that and I never want to make you feel like you have to hear me mm-hmm. and then I don't also have the space to hear you mm-hmm. and so now that we you know can acknowledge that 
the way that I need to receive apologies is different. Like right. I really think that that is a love language, Absolutely. knowing how to apologize to your partner Absolutely. in a way that they can receive yep. it. You may not need it that way. That person may not need it that way, but we have to start having these conversations Facts. where we ask our partners, how can what I'm saying better land for Absolutely. you? And so even the next day, cause we always end up speaking about things the next day mm -hmm. as well. Um, having the space to hear how you feel in mm. your perspective and what led to those things too, mm. or even asking like in those moments, like, you know, do you have the capacity? Is I it, was just thinking that, is yeah. it safe? Is it, is, right. it, is the coast clear right. for me to also share how I feel as well? Right. So, um, and I think we're both learning something new with that part right now. Right. And the last thing, um, on my Instagram at a certain point, I'm gonna probably do an ebook on it at a certain point. Everybody talks about the love languages. I've come up with something called the processing styles, which are mm -hmm. the, at this point, I think I got seven um different styles of how different people approach disagreement um you got the yeller you got the retreater the shutdowner the petty insulter i'm not gonna go through all of them but the last of which that i coined recently due to a couple session was the aggressive resolver and it's just, uh, a woman that would like when there was a disagreement and the man was trying to take his walk and cool off, yep. she would get in his way. Like, yep. no, we doing this now. Yep. If you are able to do your work, there isn't that angst of, well, we got to figure this out right now. So if I ask you in that moment, do you have the capacity to hear the other side beyond the apology? And you say, no, I'm good with that. If I need to, I'm going to go meditate, do what I got to do, but we'll make it to tomorrow or whenever right. we need to, to have that conversation. A lot of the, a lot of people are aggressive resolvers because they're desperate to not have the relationship disintegrate. Because one, they're scared of being alone. They're scared of starting over. So it's like, no, all or nothing right now. And you mm -hmm. can't really produce balance in those type of desperate situations. Yeah, I yeah. agree. I agree. Mm -hmm. Okay, you gonna close this out? Yeah, I think we're good to go. We went over an hour, so we won't do our Q and A. Okay. Um, I mean, well, we can still do our Q and A. You, ha you have them lined up? No. All right, so we'll save it for the yeah, next. Yeah, we'll one. save it for the next. We ain't week. going nowhere, y'all. Right. So we'll, and so that's the last part that I'll say is we want to make sure that each episode we do get a Q and A in. So we probably gonna go ahead and do it real quick. Um, a Q&A, but also if you need advice on certain situations that you can pick up the phone and just DM us. And, and even if you want to be anonymous, ask for the advice that you need. Give us the scenario of the situation that you have experienced and we'll give you advice on the podcast. And if you want us to shout you out because you asked a specific question or if you want to re remain anonymous because you are asking for advice on a personal situation, just let us know how you want to handle it and we'll speak about it on the podcast. And while I look for one of the questions, just let them know everything we got going on. And so, oh my gosh, we have so, <laughs> we have so many things going on. The biggest thing that we have going on is our retreat. Uh, we have a June retreat, a July retreat, and an October couples only retreat. June and July are to anyone. It could be couples that come in June and July. It could be singles that come in June and July. And these are our emotional healing retreats in Mexico. We still have a few spaces open. So if you are someone who is looking to go deeper in your healing journey, looking to go deeper in your spiritual journey, your emotional healing journey, please sign up for the uh, the the retreat. You can reserve your space on my website. That's CandiceLove.com. The link is in the bio on both of our Instagrams. Um, and once you read over everything, 
Make sure y'all read over Please everything. Read. <laughs> <laughs> um, once you're ready to reserve your space, so if you have specific questions that was not answered on the website, you can put in your information and we'll give you a personal call back um, to answer those questions. But yeah, we have a lot going on as far as blindfolded speed meeting. If you are in Houston, um, February 11th, that's right. Mm-hmm. We'll have blindfolded speed meeting. And this is just an event that my husband curates um, that gives people permission to meet each other from a soul level. And typically when you meet a person, you have so many things that are activated. You get to see them, you get to smell them, you get to decide, does this person match the aesthetic that I want them to match? When you're blindfolded and you're meeting someone, all of that's taken away and now you have to listen and rely on your spirit and your soul telling you if this is someone that is a good match for you. And so this um, event is so people can connect on a soul level and no longer on the artificial levels and the surface levels that we we connect on all that without a teleprompter i see you pimp i (laughs) see you slim all right so this would be our question for today this is from true to underscore love 12 true to love 12 she asks uh how do you release yourself from someone else's your partner trauma how do you release yourself from someone else's trauma especially your partner yeah i think that's a good question but what happens when other people experience trauma the way that you release yourself is you give yourself permission to have boundaries on how exactly. far you are willing to participate you have to know how far you're willing to go and how far you're not willing to go. And then you also have to give yourself permission to express those boundaries and let your partner know that I want to be there for you. I want to hold space for you. This is what me holding space looks like. Mm -hmm. This is the most that I have to give and also explaining that I may not always have it to give it, have it to give when you need it. Mm -hmm. And that does not also discount the fact that I love you. It doesn't mean that I'm not present for you. It doesn't mean that I don't support you. It just means that I also have to take care of myself. I also have to make sure that my individual soul is fulfilled in the way that it needs to because we are on separate journeys. Your trauma is your personal karma and it is not asking me to get involved and sometimes when you start to get involved in your in your partner's trauma or in their 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 karma in a way that you're not being asked to on the soul level you hinder them from receiving the lessons that they need to go through in their difficult moments so if you're always helping them and and soothing them and talking them off the ledge. You help them pass their own healing. Absolutely. You help them pass their own healing and the lessons that they need in, in the process that come from pain. Sometimes people haven't gotten to a place to where they figured out how to learn their lessons from a place of love and peace. Right. And some people are still under the understanding that lessons come from painful places. And if that's a space that your partner is in, 
you're going to have to give yourself permission for them to learn their lessons by themselves. And that is not an invitation for you to drag yourself through their hill. And you can still be present. You Mm. can still hold space. And you don't have to lose yourself in the process of doing that. So that comes with boundaries. And the only thing I add to that, that's perfectly stated, um, just understanding the, the nuances, the foundation of what trauma actually is in almost in every session um, that I have with my counseling clients. I bring this up that trauma is there's a big misnomer about it. Trauma is not to me at this point working with so many people. Trauma is not the severity of a painful experience. Trauma is the duration of how long you've held on to said painful experience, Mm -hmm. unprocessed, unpackaged, unpacked and released. So a lot of the times we think, you know, our partner got molested when they was young or saw somebody get murdered in front of them or trauma from previous relationships. We incur trauma every single day in some way, shape or form. So when you have that base level understanding, this is why daily check ins. You okay? How you feel? Um, we, We ask each other all the time. How was your heart? Just that will open the foundation for the bigger traumas in our own person's individual space to start to come to the forefront. Yep. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, having the conversation of what you have the capacity to do and what you don't have the capacity to do. But sometimes you holding space for your partner may look like cutting up the watermelon for them because they're, they going to fall off or or they healthy eating journey if if it ain't Mm, done right now. And so (laughs) that's how my husband holds space for me. He knows I'm still working through balancing um, food and my food intake. And so he's not about to get all enthralled in what I'm eating. And he's not keeping tabs on what I'm eating. Or telling her what to do. Yeah. But he's leading by example because he eats very clean. And he knows I have watermelon in the refrigerator. And he just cuts it up to me. He brings it to me. He is not involved in what I would perceive as the karmic loop that I'm still working through. So that's a great example of that. Yeah. All right. So. Episode two in the books, Remembering Me, the Soul Healing Podcast, uh, our first fight, our first argument. Um, Yeah, we in the books. Look forward to more episodes, and we appreciate y'all. Please continue to share. We need the balance um, in the podcast community of what I feel like we are bringing to the table. So keep sharing, keep commenting, keep liking, keep subscribing, and all of you guys who have already been doing that, immense gratitude to you wherever you are. Yes, thank y'all. We will talk to y'all soon. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yay.